Hi, folks. My name is Chris DePaula, and I'm here with my co-host, Don Klaus. This is the conservation clipboard for the month of November. And Don, normally you, you take this and, and run with it yourself, but you have a special guest for us today. I do, Chris. As you know, I'm not averse to doing a little bit of research and uh, talking a, a lot about things I know only a little about. But I'm fortunate to have a friend who, in the business who is quite knowledgeable and has been doing the work for a long time. And so I'm happy to introduce Jerry Zona. Jerry is from the Tri-County Cleanways. He's the executive director. And he uh, works in a region that's important to our 120, Mercer County, Lawrence County, Butler County, all, all part of our... In Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Yep. So welcome, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, and what we're here to talk about is uh, part of your wheelhouse, Jerry, and that is recycling. Uh, it's something we haven't touched on in our, our conservation clipboard at, up to this point, but um, in, in my opinion, it's synonymous with conservation uh, for a variety of reasons. So uh, I don't know if you'd care to, to get us started on that discussion. Uh, we, can, uh, we can go from there. Sure. You know, absolutely. Recycling is just a huge part of uh, conservation in general. Um, the recycling movement really got started probably at the end of the 80s. Uh, there was a lot of concern that we were running out of landfill space. And a lot of the programs that we have today that deal with recycling came out of that movement. Yeah. Well, for, for me, uh, I've thought a lot about all the the cardboard that I get to see stacked up along the side of the road and knowing that that's nothing but <clears throat> but trees that are have been cut down to make that cardboard all the more popular now that everything is shipped to home in a big way right um, um, I know that uh, energy is used to, to produce all the goods that we use and uh, and I, I know that recycling saves some of that uh, energy and then the mining to get the goods. Hey, Jerry, I have a question for you, too. Just, sure. um, just curious. Um, how long have you been uh, in this, this current position? A number of years? Uh, it's hard to believe it, but uh, I've been doing this for over 30 years now. Okay, that's, that, that's, this is good. This is good. That, my question deals with, and, and I've, um, I was in the consumer products industry before I retired, and I know the company I worked for was very proud of, of promoting the idea of using recycled materials for their packaging. Um, can you talk a little bit about what happened that you saw the past 30 years, how companies have gotten behind, I guess you can call this what a recycling wave or green wave. Um, have you noticed that, um, with, with what you've seen in 30 years here? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, at this point in time, recycling is really, uh, ingrained in pretty much every aspect of our society. Uh, and it's a huge part of the, the economy in general. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. And, and, um, the other, and I don't know if you have these numbers off the top of your head. I'm just wondering, like, let's say you go buy product off the shelf. Uh, do you have any idea of what the percentage of products that are currently on the shelf right now for consumers to purchase, what, uh, is made from recycled material? Like is 50% of the products you're buying made from recycle or, or is that even a number we even have available? You know, I think for a while the, there were efforts to try and, and track that number. But uh, now what we always tell consumers is when you look at a packaging, uh, you'll, usually you'll see a little bit of a, a recycling symbol somewhere on it. Mm 
the wording that you want to look for is post-consumer recycled material. And for a while, that uh, was a pretty popular statement on a lot of boxes, uh, plastic items, what have you. When you see the words post-consumer, uh, that is specifically the material that you put out at the curb that got recycled. Interesting. Okay, I didn't mean to get you off track there. I was nope, just that's okay. The other question, I know I'm kind of jumping around here, Don. I'm just thinking top top of my head some of the questions you and I have talked about over the years here, Don. As far as um, have you seen anything is in with the industry in recycling where they're going with the bi- biodegradable products? Because I know I read somewhere not long ago that there was a company that was making a biolog- uh, a biodegradable packaging. So let's say you would buy whatever it is eggs for example and it would be in a cardboard type container and it would it's biodegradable so in other words you could throw it in your garden for for compost or something like that um and it would buy break down into some nutrients for the soil are you seeing that um more more companies going to that i know but it is something that we do see from time to time Uh, as a matter of fact i just had a an egg carton similar to what you mentioned that I put into my compost bin. Uh, so I'm looking forward to see how long it takes to break down. Uh, you know, there are some efforts there. You'll see that on plastic in particular, that it's, uh, it's made to break down or, or, uh, it, but, you know, one of the issues you run into with plastic is they'll use like a starch filler. So the starch breaks down, um, but you're still left with small pieces of plastic. I see. And, you know, it, yeah. it, at the time that that original effort was going forward, we really weren't familiar with a lot of the problems we have with the microplastics that we're seeing all over the okay. place now. Okay. Sorry about that. Kind of got off topic there. Uh, <laughs> no, that's okay. Good question. Yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned about the numbers that are on, on things, Jerry. Uh, I, I take my stuff to a, a local recycling area where they have the bins, and <clears throat> they've recently made some changes where – some of the the numbers of plastics that they used to take uh they don't take anymore and you know then that's that's one thing that i unfortunately some things i have to throw away now that i that i didn't previously another thing is uh I, they have signs all over the place to say don't put bags in here because i know it it gunks up the the works. Oh, you mean the plastic bags <laughs> yeah okay so anyway uh i'm thinking of a question a more general question maybe you could talk about is these, these seem like some challenges in getting things recycled so if you could uh, illuminate for us what what some of the challenges are in getting things recycled okay well you're specifically when you're talking about the numbers you're referring to plastics yes um you know plastics you know as a whole drives the recycling industry crazy um you know, so you flip over, over a bottle or a container, you're going to see a recycling symbol with a number in it, right? Um, what most people don't realize is that recycling symbol and number has actually nothing to do with recycling whatsoever. Uh, the only purpose of that symbol is to tell you what plastic resin you're holding in your hand. Um, so a lot of people will see that symbol and uh, they think, hey, I can put this in my recycling bin, and that's not really the case. Um most programs in our particular area will take number one and number two plastic bottles and jugs you know and the key words there are bottles and jugs you know so that means no plastic cups no you know no plastic food takeout containers no butter tubs 
you know, yogurt containers, even if they've got a number that your program says might be acceptable, um, we always tell people to focus on the shape of the item that you're holding. You know, so if you're holding something, ask yourself, is it a bottle or jug? And if it's not, then you should be putting it into your trash. Um, number one and number two plastics make up anywhere from 80 to 90% of the, of the, the plastic containers that we have in our homes. Um, you know, so when you're talking recycling, especially at the curb, we're talking the low hanging fruit, um, food grade, clean materials that are easy to make into a new product. Um, you know, so the, the reason that we're seeing like numbers threes through sevens getting dropped from programs goes back to, uh, to 2018, uh, China had a program called national sword where they quit taking mixed materials from the United States and pretty much most of the world for that matter. Um, and there are very, very limited markets for those other materials, uh, at least for here where we are in, you know, in, in Eastern Ohio, Western Pennsylvania. Now, you know, some, some listeners, depending on how close you are to market, you might be able to recycle that number five or recycle that number four. Um, you know, but but that's what's one of the big drivers uh, there is is access to markets. And most markets will take the ones and twos, but not the threes through sevens. OK, just too small uh, for those those other numbers. Then it is, you know, we, we often you often in business, you hear that time is money. Um, in recycling, you have to also consider that space is money as well. You know, so if a recycling center is getting material in and accepting it, they need to be able to store it until they've got at least a tractor trailer load so that it's economically efficient, efficient for them to send that material to the market. You know, and, and when you get into some of those oddball materials, uh, it, it, it would take forever to have enough for a tractor trailer load because there just aren't as many as we, we like to think there is out there. And that doesn't even get us, get us into the plastics like lawn furniture or big children's toys and what yeah, have you. That's, yeah. all, that's a whole different animal. And, and those are not generally recyclable, cor recyclable, correct? That's correct. You know, when okay. you, when you talk about other types of plastic, um, you know, one of the things that drives us crazy about plastic is that it's not this homogenous material. Um, you know, we, we did reference the numbers, you know, one through seven tells you your core resin, but you know, if you take example, lawn furniture, it, it probably isn't going to have a number on it, but that doesn't really matter because there are ultraviolet, uh, resistant additives in there. There are probably hardeners in there. So every plastic type out there is specifically treated for the application that's, that it's going to be used for. And, you know, those chemical additives to get put into plastic, that's what impacts the recyclability. Uh, so it becomes a big mystery then for anybody trying to reuse the material. You can't break it down effectively, yeah. I'm sure. You, well, and, and, you know, so you run the risk, of course, of, you know, potentially harmful materials getting passed on to another product or it just not being recycled in general. Another thing, too, you know, I mentioned about recycling bottles and jugs and not recycling plastic containers. You know, if you have a number, say, two milk jug and a number two butter tub, even though that's the core resin is uh, HDPE, the one is a blow mold plastic and the other is an injection mold. And those resins are slightly different and then they melt at different temperatures. You know, so of course that also impacts recyclability. And that's why there's such an effort to get the bottles and jugs where there's more of a market versus the, the other containers. Okay, interesting. That's enlightening. Yeah. 
Well, I think you've kind of answered uh, um, a part of my next question, and that's what's what's the tough stuff to get recycled? And and I know we're talking about plastics, but I, I see the the difficulty in in some of those plastics. Then now that you mention it, yeah, plastics in general, yeah, that's it's just just because of it, as as I mentioned, not being such a homogenous mix of materials. Um, you know, there are a lot of different difficult items to get recycled. You know, we'll, we'll have questions anywhere from motor oil to batteries, electronics, and tires and things like that. Um, you know, there are answers. The, the downside uh, to programs like that is there just aren't enough of them out there. Um, the people are aware of them. Hmm. Right, right. Okay. The, the one to kind of switch gears here a little bit, uh, Jerry. Instead of plastic, how about glass? I'm just thinking, um, you know, like you have glass bottles, and I mean, I understand most of that, if not all of that, is recyclable, correct? Yes. Glass. Okay. Now, how about Gla- like glass? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. But like, 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 let's say, have a glass uh, window or something that broke. Um, is that recyclable, or is that would be a trash item? That would be a trash item, you know. Okay. So, yep. Again, think. Uh, Bottles and jugs. Okay. Your your food grade materials, uh, food grade containers. And well, you know when you get into things like Pyrex, which is very different, mm-hmm. um, ceramics, uh, windows. It, it, even in the case of windows, some of them have additives because you want them to be, you know, you, you want them to keep the heat in in the winter and the, the cold outside. Oh yeah. So that... there are different treatments out there. So again, you run into those those chemical issues. Okay. Okay, that's a good tip. Just think household items, yep. you know, jugs yeah. and bottles, and you'd be good oh, to, re- yes. to recycle. Okay. Lots of challenges. Yeah. Well, boy, I, I, it sounds like we could probably go on and on about the, the challenges and the tricky things. Uh, How about if we circle back to, Don, you had mentioned earlier about uh, conservation and energy. Yeah. I yeah. Did. Yeah. That's you a know, good one. The Energy conservation is probably the greatest aspect of recycling, and it's not something that is easy for us to see. Um, we always tell people to think of recycling as urban mining. You know, you put stuff into your bin, you set it out at the curb, or you take it to a drop-off facility, um, and then it goes to get to a recycling center where it's separated and sent to a market. You know, we, we call it urban mining because instead of having to dig a hole or or drill for it and then transport that raw material for further processing and then transport it to a market. You know, we, we've eliminated those original steps that are incredibly energy intensive. Um, thereby saving huge amounts of energy, which in turn saves us as consumers a lot of money. Uh, you know, I've, I've often thought it would be great if somebody could do a study and I don't even know how you do it to find out how much we save as individuals on the products we buy because of how much recycling has become a part of our everyday life. That's that's always a good thing when you can make it personal and, and uh, show people the money. Uh, that's that's a good thing. Uh, Energy is expensive. We, uh, we were working with a local school district several years ago. And, you know, of course, not just recycling, but we were getting into energy conservation as well. And uh, we had baseline there their energy usage on a monthly basis and they had a this one month where they had a five thousand dollar spike in their electric bill and uh you know of course you see a five thousand dollar spike you, yeah. you, you go back and look at it yeah and here here we found out that the school district had added an after 
uh, school wrestling program. So simply by lighting one building for a month, you know, after school, yeah, uh, their electric bill went up five thousand dollars. Oh, smoke! You know, that's harsh. Yeah, it, yeah, and, and it, you know that doesn't mean you go back and you cut the program, but it certainly put uh, the impact of why it was so important to conserve energy in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a ton. Wow. Yeah. Better believe it. Well, I guess uh, uh, in relation to uh, energy is a part of it, uh, I'm, I'm curious about what, what are the real winners in recycling? And I think you've already told us that those, those bottles and jugs are, in the plastic world at least, are, are one of the ones. What about the uh, other materials that find their way to the bins or the curb? That uh, what are what are um, I guess what I'm asking for is what are the must you you really got to recycle these because we gain so much in in the world you're talking about about more, conservation more bang for your buck is yeah, what you're saying yeah exactly yeah you're, you know one of the things that's kind of challenging that's related to that is right now the recycling markets are have been very volatile uh, you know they've been up and down like a yo-yo um, right now things are fairly stable. But traditionally, over the long haul, we normally see cardboard and aluminum as the, the money makers for recycling center that help keep them afloat, especially during uh, tough, tough recycling times. Hmm. All right. But right now, as a whole, paper's doing fairly well. But, uh, you know, it, it's at recycling markets, especially since the pandemic, have been all across the board. And, and those those drive a lot of the programs that we have access to just as individuals. Okay, so you're talking paper products, cardboard, paper, newspapers, magazines, that type of stuff. Yep, keep okay. keep doing what the, you know what your recycling program tells you to uh, put into your into your bins. That's the yeah. that's the most important thing there. Yeah, one of those things the um, uh, you mentioned uh, aluminum. I, I've heard it said before that. When it comes to energy conservation, aluminum is one that's just ridiculously uh, good to do uh, to recycle versus uh, mining new uh, new aluminum. Is that uh, oh have... yeah, absolutely. Uh, aluminum. You think about where we get aluminum from. We we get it from an ore called bauxite. Um, aluminum itself is like it's the second or third most abundant element in the Earth's crust. But it's chemically bound so tightly to the rocks that it's in, you just can't pull it out of anywhere. Uh, instead, you let Mother Nature do its job. It forms this work called bauxite. And, uh, of course, it has to be mined out of the ground, out of mountains, uh, often in like places like South America and what have you. And then it gets transported, processed, and then turned into an aluminum can. Um, the energy savings is about 90%. By, by recycling a little. Oh yeah, it, it's 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 significant. Um, I I come across a stat not too long ago that said that if we recycled all the aluminum cans that we generated here in the United States for one year, that alone would save enough power uh, to run Washington D.C. for three to three to seven years. Jeez, wow. I was going to make a political joke there, but I won't. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think we'd we'd put aluminum in the. Uh, that's one of the recycling winners. Then. Yeah, for sure. Hey, absolutely. Uh, one of the, this is kind of a uh, just. I'm just curious about this, and this is not related to aluminum, or it could be. Um, can you kind of take us through? Like, I'm recycling tonight here. 
um, they're, they're coming tomorrow morning to pick up my recycling. We have milk jugs in there and stuff like that. What is the process? Okay, so those milk jugs go to the recycling center in the particular county or area that you live in. Where does it go from there, Jerry? Like you, you said, you mentioned earlier about you have to wait to get a truckload or semi-trailer mm-hmm. load. Where does it go? Can, can you tell us, like, is there a regional facility that takes all this recycling materials and then they break it down and then it goes to the manufacturer? How does that work? So your materials will get picked up at the curb and they will go to what's called a material resource recovery facility. Uh, we call them MRFs in the industry, mm-hmm. uh, MRF, but uh, most people know them as recycling centers. From there, the material will go and uh, it goes through a conveyor process and separated by material. Then it will go to a market. So that uh, plastic milk jug, if you will, mm-hmm. will get put together with other plastic milk jugs and similar resins sent to a market where it'll get melted down and extruded either into a fiber for use in in like carpeting or it'll be reformed into little pellets so that it can be made into new containers. Okay. Hmm. I wondered how that worked. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. I'm just thinking. No, that's okay. It's a good question. Yeah. All right. Okay, Don, sorry. I threw you off track there. No, no. That's that's a good question. I, I often wondered too. Yeah, I just, I'm just curious. Like, I know where that, does that all go? How does that work? I know, you know? there's, uh, I've seen these uh, benches in the park that are made out of plastic. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, there's the plastic lumber. Or, or for, even, yeah, the plastic lumber for your decking materials and all that's all plastic, right? Re- yeah. Recycled. Yeah, I, I was thinking, eh, maybe it's that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's a mix of things, you know. So you, you mentioned the, the plastic decking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Trex is a, is a big company that has been into the plastic decking for a while now. And uh, they buy up a significant portion of the plastic bags that uh, oh, no people kidding. recycle. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's like a 50-50 mix of sawdust and plastic bags. Hmm. Um, and we always, uh, talking about the plastic bags, they're a big no-no in your recycling bins. <laughs> um, you know, we see a lot of people that will put the materials into their into a plastic bag and then put it in the recycling bin mm-hmm. and that's really expensive when it gets to a recycling center because somebody has to rip it open uh inevitably bags get through the system anyway they gum up the conveyors and the cogs so it, it's not unusual for a recycling center to have to shut down three four times a day just to plot the plastic bags you got through oh you know so there are good markets for them so take them to your grocery stores um, some department stores, they all have, uh, plastic bag recycling containers out there. Take advantage of that and put them in there because they definitely get recycled. I said, there is a good demand for them. And, uh, you know, if you decide to do that, it's not just the bags themselves, but you can include the, you know, the shrink wrap that's around, you know, Gatorade or water containers, uh, clothes drying bag, clothes dry bag, you know, all kind of plastic bags and shrink wrap can get. Uh, recycled with your plastic bags just don't put them in your recycling bins at home yeah yeah i see that i i take mine to our local giant Giant eagle Eagle takes them yeah Yeah, they got up in there okay well uh we've covered some ground jerry uh (laughs) where are um you know uh i guess i'll ask this uh, where are we headed with recycling in the country is it getting better uh uh, is it getting sorted out as to how we do it do it uh do it in better ways um anything to say about that a couple different levels there you know recycling 
at the base level where we operate, uh, recycling centers have really gone high tech and, and become incredibly efficient. Uh, you know, there's optical sorters that can tell you what type of plastic it is and make sure that it goes the right way. Uh, they can read glass and what have you. So the technology to process our materials is, is really, really good right now, and it's, it's only getting better. Well, where we really need the help is uh, on a legislative front where we need more opportunities to be able to recycle more, especially those hard to recycle items uh, like electronics. You know, everyone's carrying a cell phone or has a computer at home right now. And, um, you know, that's something we haven't talked about. But, you know, you think 30, 40 years ago, uh, you know, before, when, right before I got into the industry, the waste stream was really glass, paper, and metal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, plastic is a huge part of the waste stream right now. Um, and, of course, we've added electronics into the mix. And, you know, what we don't really realize about electronics, when it doesn't work anymore, that's technically a hazardous material. You know, there's, there are a variety of heavy metals and elements in there that we need to make those units work. Um, but you don't want to go burying them into the ground or burning them when it doesn't work anymore. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, across the country and, and even in our region locally, there aren't a whole lot of opportunities uh, there for people to do that. And there's just, just a whole lot of inconsistency across the country as a whole for that. Yeah, I guess we th we think about what goes to the, the curbside and to the bins, but uh, there's a whole whole array of things that uh, uh, that are probably equally important uh, to deal with. Hmm. Okay, well, I uh, I think we'll have to we might have to do this again to get into that long. Well, list I, have, I have that one more question that we <laughs> yeah. talked about it sure. before um, we got on air here, Jerry. And it's just, I'm looking at uh, me personally, my wife and I, and, and the home that we live in, and we have a lot of recycled things that I really don't know what to do with, or I'd like to recycle them. You know, I'll give you some examples. We talked about tires. We talked mm -hmm. about old automotive batteries or lawnmower batteries. Um, Oh, paint is the other issue I have here, latex paint. I'm keeping it. I don't know what to do with it, and I don't want to pour it down the drain, and I don't want to throw it in a garbage can. Um, and then it might, I have an old computer. I have some old electronics. I, I don't know where to take those. And like Don said, I know that could probably be a whole future show. <laughs> it could um, be. It could be. What, what, in that kind of situation, what should I do? Just hang on to them till, till the county I live in has one of these. They do twice a year, I think. Um, these uh, recycling yeah, for they, they household materials or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. In, gen in general, one of the nice things is there are a lot of counties and municipalities that do offer programs for things like the paint in the, in the way of like a household hazardous waste collection uh, or your e-waste and what have you. Um, in the interim, some of the things are easier to manage than others. For example, the latex paint. Um, latex paint can be pretty costly if you take it to a, hazardous waste collection, but there are some cheaper ways to environmentally manage it at home. Uh, one of them is uh, by using a product called a paint hardener. Okay. So a paint hardener does exactly what you would think it'd do. You pour it into a can of paint, you mix it up, and in about 15, 20 minutes, the paint is as hard as a rock, and you can put it into your trash. Uh, where, do, where can you get that? Like at the hardware store? Uh, most, most hardware stores carry it. Yep, I've seen it at Lowe's. I've seen it at Home Depot. Uh, paint stores carry them. It's a little packet. It'll run you about three, four bucks. 
Honest to God, I, I never heard of that. You I, don't, it, don't? It is something I purchased once. Yeah, a little. little well, I'm going to do that, Jerry. Like Jerry said, a little, See that? little pack I of learned stuff. something, yeah. yeah and, and feel free to mix. You know, a lot of people will have, you know, I've got a quarter gallon here, a half gallon yeah. there. Yeah, that's what you know, I got. Mix everything together until you got about a gallon. Okay. Uh, then you mix in the paint hardener, and you're good to go. Oh, I'm going to do that today. I mean, why am I keeping all this here? I, I probably have 10 gallons of it. Well, not gallons, but, you know, cans of it sitting here. Hey, you're going to make some headway. Uh, yeah. Your wife's going to like that. Yeah. Clean, let's start cleaning the basement. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, a, computer, that... Computers and TVs, they're, they're, a little, they're actually a little easier than we think. Um, a lot of the staple stores will take some of the small electronics that you have. Uh, your computers and, and peripherals uh, are generally accepted by stores like Staples. Okay. Um, Best Buys in Ohio will take TVs from the general public. There are some limitations there. And I want to say the cost is 30 to 30 or $35 a set uh, with the two TV per household limit for our, our area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they will take the old CRTs up to 32 inches and flat screens up to 50. Oh, okay. You know, so. Cool. Um, yeah. Oh, another. You'd, you'd mentioned about batteries. Yeah. Yes, I was. Uh, lead acids are lead acids are a lot easier to get rid of. Uh, a lot of scrap scrap yards will take lead acids in some cases, so it's worth a call to the scrap yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may even get a couple dollars for it. Um, in Pennsylvania, any any facility or store that sells a lead acid battery has to take back lead acid batteries in the quantity in which they sell. Okay, so you could basically um, swap out. You're buying a new battery, bring your old one in. Yep, yep. So you go, okay. you buy a, a battery for your tractor, you need, you know, you bring your old one and, you're, and you should be able to swap that out. Okay. Yeah, and they generally require it. You yeah. Know, you you got to have a, a core. Yeah, you know. yeah. Hmm. Okay. Oh, the other one, uh, this is one we talked about off air, the, the batteries uh, for like power tools, Jerry. Uh, oh, rechargeables, yes, yeah. yes. Yes, yes, that's the other one. I couldn't okay. think of the other one. Re- Rechargeables, a lot of stores, I know Lowe's, Home Depot, will tend to have a battery recycling station uh, by customer service uh, where you can bring your rechargeable batteries. You know, so stuff off of power tools, computer batteries, cell phone batteries, anything rechargeable uh, can go into those into those bins and will get recycled. Um, you, you definitely, that's one item that we'll see from time to time, people will put that into a recycling bin. And if you ever see the news and you see that a recycling center or a recycling truck or even a garbage truck caught fire, uh, nine times out of ten it's because somebody put a battery in their, in their trash or recycling bin and it exploded. Oh, jeez. That's a huge, yeah, lithium batteries in particular are a huge hazard for, uh, for the industry. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I could see that. Yeah, good to keep out of the yeah, landfill sure. and good to keep out of uh, uh, tricky situations yeah, like that. for sure. All right. Well, hey, uh, you know what? I got to circle way back to the beginning, Jerry, because uh, sure. I jumped right into the recycling, but I didn't <laughs> ask you too much about uh, about the Tri-County Cleanways. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, where people can uh, can hear about you and uh, and what you do? Sure. We do try and maintain a Facebook presence, but Tri-County Cleanways was an effort that got started uh, in Lawrence County back in 1993. Uh, as an effort to help communities and people uh, that live in areas impacted by the illegal dumping of trash. Um, so, you know, we, we work with people, organizations, municipalities, 
on illegal dump cleanups, litter cleanups. We do community beautification programs, uh, recycling events to try and give people opportunities to get rid of some of those hard to recycle items before they even have a chance to get dumped. And uh, of course, public education as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I can't thank you enough for, for what you do for our, for our 120 here. Absolutely. I, I, know, Jerry. I know you've been doing, doing the hard work for a long time, you and your team. Yeah. 30 uh, years. Good Lord. Do tremendous work. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. That's a long time for anything. <laughs> well, it, is there anything we missed that we we need to talk about as we enter uh, enter the winter here? I know there's going to be a, a ton of uh, trash being generated here, and uh, what people I, need. I, to... I just think of my house, all the gift wrapping. Oh yeah, it's... I mean, is that recyclable, Jerry? Because it, uh, unfortunately, no. Okay, no wrapping paper in general. It's one of those materials you're better off keeping out of the out of the bins, um, especially especially if you've got stuff that's got shiny surfaces or okay. glitter. Again, that goes into impacting uh, how clean those materials are, which really isn't something we talked about. I, I guess if there was one thing that I, I would wrap up with is that it's important for people to follow the guidelines uh, that you have for your recycling program, whether you got it from your municipality or your hauler uh, or maybe even a program coordinator. Um, we always tell people to avoid wish cycling. And that's that situation where people will say, hey, I've got this plastic item. If I put it in my recycling bin, somebody will find a use for it uh, at the recycling center. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. So when, when trash items, even, even by well-meaning people, get put into the recycling bin, uh, at some point it's got to get pulled out and landfilled, and it adds a significant cost to recycling yeah. programs. So you call yeah. that wish recycling. I like that. Wish cycling. Yeah. Wish cycling. Yeah, I like that. I, I got to tell you, Jerry, I, I take my stuff to our, our local recycling satellite area. They have a bunch of bins and I've been doing this for many years and I can't tell you the array of everything that I've seen in those bins. I mean, and I mean everything. Uh, and I, I'm sure you're familiar with what I'm saying. And oh yeah, that's probably one of the great challenges uh it's it's a tremendous challenge and it's one of the biggest things that has really hurt recycling over the years is people putting the stuff in there that shouldn't be there yeah um when we, we talked a little bit about recycling markets but when they're really bad as they 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 will be that way from time to time uh that material will not get recycled it's just too expensive to process it's just that much cheaper to landfill it so when people put stuff in there that shouldn't be in there, it, it really hurts recycling for everyone. Okay. Well, yeah, we, we'll hope to share that message uh, yeah. and uh, get that through. Well, Jerry, hey, I got to thank you for your time and expertise. Um, um, this is a, a important subject for for conservation and uh, and and the world we live in. Uh, so, can't thank you enough for being here. Hope well, to thank talk. you for having me. Yeah, and we we hope to talk in the future. I know, I know. There's many things uh, that we just scratched the surface yeah, on. Yeah, for sure. It's a deep subject, but uh, again, uh, thanks for being here and thanks for doing what you do. Yeah, thank you again, Jerry, for your time. Much appreciated this morning, and uh, really interesting stuff too. You know, when you start digging into this, it's people think it's it's not really that interesting at all. It is. It's pretty cool how this all works. Yeah, and deep too. Yeah, for sure. All right. Hey, hey. you're welcome. All right. Thanks. Again. Thanks again, Jerry. Appreciate it.